What's up, what's up, friends? Welcome to this week's episode of the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danny Driuso. I am an author, I'm a speaker, I'm an educator, helping you own the F out of who you are online and offline. And this is the place where we become unapologetically who we are without being an a-hole. So welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy you found your way here. Today, we're talking about something that was a request in my DMs, and I'm so excited to chat about it. And I'm shocked that I actually haven't done an episode just surrounding this topic because it is so prevalent. So we are talking about consensual communication. I think this topic is super important because a lot of times when we look at consent, we think about it in a sexual way. We think about it in a way where it's like consent is important in the bedroom. It's important when we talk about our bodies. And yes, it is 110%. And consent should be a normalized thing. It should be a normalized thing to check in with people or to maybe when you're asking for a favor to check in with people's capacity, see where they're at, see if it's in their availability for something, asking for consent for if you can even touch someone. Like oftentimes, if I don't know this person, if they, I know they're not okay with hugging and stuff like that, if they're not a hugger, I'll say, are you okay if I hug you? I'll ask, like, is it okay if I touch your back or something like that when I am talking to someone or something? And I think just consent is really important, not only with touching, but with talking too. And so how do we create these consensual communication containers, if you will? Because they're not just important in people's businesses. They're not just important when you're communicating with a client and you want to hold boundaries, right? But they're important in our day-to-day life with our relationships as well. If you hear me talk more on this podcast, if you go listen to more episodes after this one, or if you find my YouTube channel and you watch any of my leadership horror stories, I talk a lot about capacity and consent, and they really go hand in hand. So consent is really just saying, I respect your autonomy. So I respect that you are a separate entity than me. You have your own thoughts, beliefs, feelings. You have your own comfortability levels. You have your own shit going on, right? And I also respect my own autonomy. I respect that I am a different person and I have different needs and desires and maybe different comfortabilities for different things as well. And by creating consensual communication, we honor both parties and that ties into capacity. And it's really about knowing someone's capacity or knowing your capacity, I should say, and being open and available to ask for someone else's capacity as well. So before I go into consensual conversation and how that works with capacity, I'm going to go into capacity on its own real quickly. So when I talk about capacity, I'm really talking about, so imagine that you have a coffee mug and your coffee mug is full with delicious, amazing coffee, and there's no more coffee that can fit into that coffee mug. If you know me personally, you know I love coffee. And so imagine that there's no more coffee that fits into that coffee mug, and the coffee in there is piping hot. So if someone came over and said, and actually didn't even say anything, they just went to go pour in my coffee mug, and it started to spill over, what would happen? It would make a mess. Now, imagine if someone came over and said, would you like more coffee? And I said, no, no, I'm good, thank you. And they didn't pour it in my cup. What would happen? Nothing. We would both move on with our lives and there would not be coffee all over the floor, coffee in my lap. It wouldn't be piping hot, maybe burning me. And if it did like fill over, so imagine we're thinking that that person did come and pour the coffee and it was all over my legs and my legs were burned and all those things, what would have to happen? 
we would have to heal those burns. We would have to tend to the mess. We would have to clean it up. We would have to do a lot of repair work. And that's what happens when maybe you have a really full emotional capacity and then someone comes in and they don't even ask if they could talk about a certain topic. So maybe you're really stressed out about finances and someone just comes barreling in and they start freaking out about finances, but you don't have any more capacity to hold that conversation because your emotions around that topic are already spilling over. What is going to happen? Well, it's probably going to make a mess. So whether that be you are now put in a position where you are just emotionally volatile, maybe like what happens to you when your capacity is tapped for me, I shut down or I cry or I'm really mad. But when I'm really mad, I just shut down and I cry. Right? So, so what happens to you when you are at capacity? Also, sometimes what happens is that I give way more than I want to, or, or desire to. And I end up feeling really resentful and feeling like someone's taking advantage of me, even though I said, Yes, even though they didn't even ask, I just stepped up to the plate, right? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do whatever, right? I'll talk about whatever. And that is always that happens to me when I go over my capacity. Think about for you, what does that look like in your life? So you have different sets of capacity. You have maybe even a social capacity, right? So how much you allow yourself to go out in public or talk to people. And when you get into certain social situations, does your capacity dwindle? I'll say for me, now that I know officially, I did get diagnosed with ADHD. My doctor literally said, hells yes, you have ADHD. And you can quote me on that. It's very funny. But now that I know that I have ADHD, it makes sense when I'm in Costco and there's so many people and the lights are like really bright and there's so much going on and I'm trying to get where I want to go, but I keep getting distracted because there's so many people and I just get so overwhelmed to the point where I will shut down. And I will just go stand by myself in an aisle being like, I just need everyone to move or else I am going to cry. (laughs) I'm just just gonna cry, okay? Or I'll start to not be maybe the nicest or the clearest communicator with the people around me who are often loved ones. I'll normally like maybe get snippy at them or just not be very responsive because I'm just like pissed or I'm just upset or something like that. So my social battery, um, sometimes if you are talking to a lot of people, like if I have a day filled with calls or if I'm teaching, like I'm teaching this week, so my capacity for my voice isn't that high. So I don't know if you can hear that or not, (laughs) but my voice is not as like beautiful and crisp as it normally is. But um, even with that, like my capacity for my voice is tapped certain times, right? So if I'm speaking a lot, Or if I'm teaching for eight hours every day or facilitating for workshops back to back or something, my energy levels have a cap of capacity and so does my voice. So maybe if one of my friends is like, hey, do you want to go for drinks later? I'm like, no, I don't. I just want to be a potato on my couch, zone out and maybe build a house on Sims. Like that's just my life, right? (laughs) Or something like that. Where sometimes if I'm doing too much detail oriented work, my capacity for being alone is really low. So I'll try to like bug people or text people or scroll on my phone, or I'll want to like go hang out with my friends or like go for lunch or go dancing or something just to like fill my cup in a different way. Right. And a lot of people think like, or a lot of people say the whole like fill your cup thing right? But in this sense, it's like, how full is your cup? What is your actual capacity at? And can you actually take on more? Is that something that you actually want? What is going to happen if you go beyond your capacity? And so when you think about it that way, it's like when your capacity is capped, like when you go and pour more into that cup, 
it will spill over and then now you have to move into cleanup and repair mode in your life. And so when we talk, we're talking about consensual communication, that's pretty much setting up in a very natural way, checking in with people's capacity. So that might look like this. Say I'm having uh, troubles in my love life and one of my friends just went through a breakup and I come to them and I say, hey, I'm having some problems in my relationship. Do you, are, do you have the capacity to talk about love or something like that? And that person might be like, no, because I'm thinking about it in a very cynical way. I just went through a breakup. I hate everything or I hate love or like I'm just in a bad place or oops, I just got an email um, or feeling like I'm in a low right now. So like when you're in a low, are you actually going to be the best version of you in that conversation? Are you going to be the best version of you when you connect with someone? And sometimes people just won't be understanding about it and they won't respect your capacity. I had a situation like that recently where I felt very vulnerable and then I felt like someone wasn't respecting my capacity. And so I like talked to them about it and they didn't even know. They had no idea. And that's one of the other things that I always say is like, if you don't tell me, I don't know. If you don't tell that person, they don't know. So making sure consent is a regular part of a conversation every single day is like a really good way of getting the best version of you to the people around you and giving people the option to give themselves, wait, how am I saying this? <laughs> giving people the option to give you the best version of them. And if they're not open to something, respecting their no as well. That's a huge part of it. So if someone's like, if you're like, hey, do you want to hang out tonight? And someone says, no, I'm really not feeling it or no, I'm busy. That in that moment is it's our job as the person who's respecting the no to be like, this has nothing to do with me. Maybe it does, but it doesn't even matter. Okay. It's like, it has nothing to do with me right now because I'm just respecting their capacity. So instead of being like, oh my gosh, they don't want to hang out with me. They don't want to do whatever. Blah, 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 it's like, no, I'm respecting their capacity by saying, okay, that sounds good. That's fine. They said no. And no means no, right? Or something as simple as, hey, do you have the capacity to do the dishes? Because I'm really overwhelmed right now. And someone will say yes, or someone will say no. And if they say no, it's like, okay, is there a way that maybe we could do them together? Then like, how can we compromise so that I'm still honoring my capacity and I'm honoring your no, and it's something that needs to get done. So how can we do that? Now this can apply to literally everything. This can apply to social situations when like hanging out with friends. This can apply to your job or career or even clients. My clients know that. So when you work with me privately for a year, which is oftentimes what it is, because we hold space for all the kerfuffles that can happen within a year, including holidays and family stuff and all that stuff. So what tends to happen is I have this like private chat with them, um, through an app and we, it's kind of like a messenger app, right? So we talk every day or almost every day or Monday to Friday or whatever, right? Um, and we talk in that app. We do voice messages. We'll send GIFs, GIFs, GIFs. We'll send memes to each other. We'll send TikToks, whatever. And we'll just talk about stuff in between our calls or maybe ask questions. Or if there's a resource someone needs, I'll send it to them in the chat, right? So we have that space. We have a set up a boundary, I guess, a consensual communication container in that space where if I'm in that space, I make sure I only check that space when I have the capacity to receive whatever would be in there. So no matter if it's like really good news, no matter if it's like really heavy, no matter if it's someone's going through a rough time, no matter what, I'm going to check that when I have the capacity to hold it so that I can give that person the best version of me. And they know 
that they can take up as much space as they want in that space and I might not get to it right away. So they honor my consent by being like, okay, I'm not going to like message Danny if she hasn't responded in 10 minutes. I'm not going to go message her on a bunch of other stuff, even though I see her online, even though I see her doing this. Like, I'm not going to message her and be like, why aren't you answering my stuff? Because they know that even though they see me online posting about stuff, I might be having a really bad day. Or I might be running around posting stuff, or I might have something automatically posting, or I might be doing work, right? They don't know, but it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, the capacity is capped. I know and I trust that Danny will come into this container when she has the capacity. And when you start to build those conversations and those containers with people, it stops being really heavy because then you'll start a conversation with someone and be like, hey, do you have the capacity to talk about this thing? It's kind of heavy. And someone says, actually, I don't. Um, I don't have the emotional capacity for that. You're like, okay, sounds good. Um, maybe you still, as the person who is feeling like they need to verbally process something is like, okay, well, that person doesn't have space to hold me right now. Who might, or should I contact a mental health professional for this? Or is there someone in my life who I can talk to? Or should I journal about this because that person doesn't have space to hold me right now? And it has nothing to do with me being a terrible person or not having support or anything like that. It has everything to do with maybe that person just isn't at their best right now. And that's where boundaries also come in. So like, actually, let's quickly, before we talk about boundaries, that social media thing that I was talking about, like literally like I'm posting on something and like I might have a container where someone's like, oh, Danny's doing other things, all that stuff. That is one of the things that we talk about in social media consent. Um, I did have a masterclass recently. You can access that. I'll put the link below in the show notes. But if you go to my membership at the VIP level, you also get a monthly membership call with me. No big deal. But um, my VIP level, which I'm literally redoing my whole membership um, on the 1st of April, but you'll get access to this no matter what. But I have the replay of the social media consent masterclass slash workshop, whatever you want to call it. It's about two hours long and it's really freaking good if you make money online. That's all I'll say. It's really helpful for these consensual things in terms of social media. Just like how I said, it's another version of that, but I digress. Okay. We're talking about boundaries now. (laughs) So boundaries, it's really important because boundaries, when you're looking at consent is a gift. Boundaries are a gift. They are a gift saying, Hey, this is how you can get the best version of me in this moment. I'm telling you right now where my capacity is. I'm communicating clearly. If you follow me in iconic leadership, um, that's the C iconic. The first C I should say the last C is capacity and consent. The first C is clear communication. So I'm communicating clearly that this is how you're going to get the best version of me. And if you don't consent to that, then <laughs> then you're going to consent to literally whatever happens after that of me crying or being upset or being snippy because you're not respecting my no. Right. Um, and that's really what it is. And when we look at consent as a normal part of our lives, a normal part of communication, our relationships become a lot more clear in terms of our communication because we can say, Hey, I don't have space for that. Hey, I don't have the emotional capacity for that. And we don't take it so personally because we're all just taking care of ourselves. Um, when I teach kids, I always say like, take care of yourself and take care of your friends around you. So make sure that you're taking care of you, who you are and what you need. And you're taking care of your friends in terms of communicating, maybe a boundary or being there when you do have space for them or being able to communicate what you need in any given moment. And that's really important. So that's all for today. If you have questions about consent, 
and capacity and talking about all this stuff, feel free to email me or you can message me on social media and maybe I'll do a follow-up episode with all your questions and cues and all that fun stuff. I will also say that this month, wait, not this month because this is March, April 13th, I am doing a workshop on sustainable confidence, which is another thing that I teach on, which is looking at confidence through the lens of confidence being a muscle that you build every day versus a light switch that you just turn on when you hit a random milestone that people convinced you that you need to hit in order to be good enough. So we are focused on dismantling what we think confidence is and how confidence has to be the biggest, brightest voice in the room and really owning what makes us confident and how we can be confident and still hold what makes us human. So if you are interested in that, I will also put that link below. Other than that, kick ass, take names, change the world. You're freaking fabulous. Stop being so secretive about it. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye friends. (laughs) 